0: Hi, I'm Quinn.
1: Welcome to Viral, a podcast where two public health nerds dissect the history of plagues, disease outbreaks, and the people who work behind the scenes to keep us safe and healthy. Well, we don't really dissect the people, just interview them
0: mostly. Yeah, and uh, we also like to have some fun along the way.
1: Yes, we do. Hey, did you know that the Viral podcast is officially a year
0: old now? Hooray! Yay! Happy birthday to our audio child. Yes.
1: To celebrate that, we're going to do something special over the next week. Viral podcast, which is normally normally released twice a month, is going to come into your feeds 5 days in a row. What? That's right. We're doing this to celebrate the relaunch of Viral, and also because next week is a very special week for us. Next week is National Public Health Week. From April 2nd through the 8th, we as a nation celebrate those who work to create a healthier community and a healthier you. Each day during the Public Health Week, there is a different public health theme, and we are going to bring you five... Yes, five mini-episodes each day next week that celebrate that theme. So what are they?
0: All right, let's break them down. Monday, behavioral health.
1: Tuesday, communicable disease.
0: Wednesday, environmental health.
1: Thursday, injury and violence prevention. Friday,
0: ensuring the right to health.
1: Stay tuned for those episodes and make sure you subscribe to the show so they get into whatever podcatcher you use also, find more information, including what your local College of Public Health is doing next week, at www.nphw.org. All right, here's our show.
0: So today, we bring you a history of the word quarantine and how it applies to public health. So people realized pretty early on in human history that if you stayed away from sick people, you might not get sick either. Seriously? Seriously. I, it's apparently, you know, something that we, you know, we can be proud of that. We figured it out. We Great did job, it. job, guys. We did it. <laughs> like the uh, John Oliver, he pushes the we did it button we and the it. balloons come down. However, that didn't stop cultures from assuming it was because of evil spirits or bad air, but it might have actually kept people healthier, even though they didn't really know why. So lucky. I know. It sounds pretty easy enough in theory. Someone over there sneezes and has swollen armpits or neck. Don't go over there, because they might have the plague. Remember what caused our buddy the Black Death, Lindsay?
1: Yersinia pestis.
0: Dun-dun-dun. That's right. You win a prize. Here's this little pet rat. Isn't he cute? Get that away from me. If you're worried about this little guy giving you Yersinia pestis, you're probably mistaken. Unless he has fleas or lice that have become infected by the bacteria, then you might be in trouble. Rats have been blamed for spreading the plague throughout medieval Europe and Asia, killing millions of people, but new models suggest it was more the fault of fleas and body lice. When fleas infected with the bacterium Yersinia pestis bite humans, the bacteria can jump into the bloodstream and congregate in humans' lymph nodes, which are found throughout the body. The infection causes lymph nodes to swell into ghastly buboes. Buboes! The namesake for the bubonic plague. So gross. But some historians argue that the Black Death may have spread differently. For one, the Black Death or through Europe far faster than any modern plague outbreaks. In addition, rat falls precede some modern outbreaks. But medieval plague records don't mention rats dying in mass. And you know they would probably write that thing down, right? I mean... Walked through a puddle of dead rats today.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it seems like there's a lot going on at the time.
0: On my way to the witch burning. (laughs) Oh. As an alternative... Some scholars have long toyed with the idea that fleas on humans actually spread the black death. If fleas and lice picked up the plague by biting an infected human, they could potentially hop onto a person in close quarters and transmit the disease. So, apparently everyone back there just had fleas and lice all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean that was that was just
0: I don't remember that, that, was that like episode status of Quantum Qual- Leap. <laughs> quantum flea leap flea leap (laughs) um but let's get back to the history of quarantine during medieval times and throughout the period known as the renaissance merchant ships brought spices and textiles and all sorts of other things from other countries around the world let's say you live in venice rome london or another city close to a port next to a river or an ocean you want the stuff but not necessarily the diseases.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't really get a lot for disease, right? It's bad, bad market. <laughs>
0: it's not good. Not good for sales. Ragusa was a colony on the outskirts of the Venetian Empire, not the parent company of ragu pasta.
1: Oh, man, I was really hungry after you sauce. said that.
0: <laughs> now, you might recognize this city by a different name, Dubrovnik. Hmm. Situated in modern-day Croatia, bordering the Adriatic Sea, it is distinctive for its old town, encircled with massive stone walls completed in the 1500s.
1: To keep out fleece, right?
0: I mean, that would, that would have worked, I guess. In 1377, officials in Dubrovnik issued a decree making anyone who lived abroad spend 40 days at one of the nearby islands before entering the city. Once a person was able to prove they were healthy, were they allowed into the city?
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: The catch-22 of this whole situation is that conditions on these islands were pretty miserable. If they didn't have a disease when they arrived, they were likely to contract one living on one of these islands for 40 days without a roof over their head.
1: Well, isn't that
0: a, con- that a conundrum?
1: my <laughs> god.
0: Eventually, which in... Europe times means in the 1600s. Yeah, as you know, I think
1: 300 years later.
0: Right. The leaders built a bigger and more permanent quarantine facility just east of the city called the Lazaretti. Considered the most humane and efficient facility of its time, the Lazaret continued to fulfill its original function as a quarantine unit until the beginning of the 19th century. Oh. Yeah. Well,
1: that's another long time.
0: The yeah, the Dubrovnik-Lazaretti is one of the only remaining and best-preserved examples of its kind in Europe. You can actually tour this today. It's basically like a fort, and there's just giant stone rooms where you would just kind of put people.
1: That's like, now that it's, it's going not, on uh, my... a
0: four-star Public
1: Health Historical Places bucket list.
0: Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's really impressive because... Um, it's been preserved so well and it's one of the only examples of this Medi- Mediterranean maritime quarantine facility that we have left that we can actually see uh, another impressive example of this on a larger scale was the Habsburg Cordon Sanitaire, which from the early 18th century ran from north of the Danube to the Balkans manned by 100,000 peasants with checkpoints and stations to prevent the movement of contagious people coming into Europe from the adjacent Ottoman Empire, this feat of cooperation was a testament to how the Habsburg Empire was able to stay in power for hundreds of years.
1: Dang. Yep. Wow.
0: But back to the word quarantine. It comes from an Italian variant, 17th century Venetian, of quaranta giorni, meaning literally Forty days. Mm. We use it now to mean when you separate and restrict the movement of people, put a restraint upon the activities of communication of persons um, related to the transport of goods designated to prevent the spread of disease.
1: Oh, that was a really long definition. Yeah, I, I got gotcha. you.
0: For a word that just literally means forty, 40 days. days. <laughs> Um, If you see a flag with four squares, two of them yellow and two of them black in alternating fashion, maybe don't go up to that ship. Why is that? The yellow jack flies only when a ship is under quarantine. Yikes. A simple yellow flag, which which actually used to be the, hey, we're under quarantine flag, now signals the opposite. That's not confusing at all. No, of course not. This means that a ship, hey guys, we got no disease, we're fine, could you come on and inspect us so we can come to shore? We're kind of gross now.
1: Boy, that doesn't seem like there's any margin of error at all for something like that.
0: Nope. So, I have one more quarantine-related fun fact for you today before we leave.
1: Please.
0: During the Apollo missions, NASA would use this thing called the Mobile Quarantine Facility, or MQF, because, of course, they need to give it an acronym, to actually quarantine the astronauts returning from the moon
1: for 21 days. It's like, cheese grows bacteria, I mean, you know.
0: They literally didn't know if the moon was toxic in some way. I mean, how could we know? Yeah. And they wanted to be extra sure they didn't bring anything weird back to Earth. So they, as soon as they got back, they were like, all right, yay, congratulations, you made it back. Now go into that box. It looks like an Airstream trailer, like this silver thing.
1: amazing.
0: And it had a little window in the side, and there's actually a picture of uh, President Richard Nixon visiting the Apollo 11 astronauts after they returned, and looking at them through the little window like he's at the zoo. Oh, my God. It's pretty wild. So it's
1: like... We're going to shoot you into space in a really tiny little capsule, and then you're going to walk on the moon, which is, I mean, human history. Yep. And then when you come back, we're going to put you inside of essentially another tiny capsule, but like here. Yep. Just in case you've got moon diseases.
0: We've got like moon cancer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you see all the videos of the ticker tape parade and the big celebrations. That was all twenty one days and plus after they actually got back.
1: Can you imagine having to like you gotta wait to party. You gotta
0: wait three weeks before like, you get a good party off. Yeah. Like, and a win party, the Super Bowl and then you gotta go sit in a box for three weeks. It's
1: like not it's like win, no, it's like not even winning the Super Bowl. It's hey, I walked on the moon. <laughs> No big deal. No big. NBD. Wow. That will be all for today. We want to let you know that if this is your first time listening to Viral, we have a website. We are on the internet. Crazy. Visit us on www.viral-pod.com to sign up for email alerts and to learn more about the show. Also, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever people review podcasts. We would really love to hear from you.
0: Even if it's just like writing a, writing on a cardboard sign and standing out in the street. We like viral podcasts. Yeah.
1: yeah, please. Actually, I would really love that. Um, if you have a suggestion for a future topic, let us know using the email on our website. Our intro and outro music is Take Your Medicine by the Quick and Easy Boys. Want to take us out with our all important reminder, Quinn?
0: I do. Be sure to always wash your hands. Until next time, see ya.